Welcome to the Diamond Chronicles, tales of trade, trust, and betrayal in the world's second oldest industry. At least I refer to it as the world's second oldest industry because whatever the fella paid the world's oldest industry with was something that was pretty and sparkled, is my hunch. Judy Lee, speaking of pretty and sparkling. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Happy weekend. Welcome back. Thank you. Nice to see you. Nice to see you always. You always seem happier on Fridays. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm guessing there's a reason it for that. It has anything to do with me not getting to see you over the weekend. That might is, be Is it. that what it is? <laughs> That's your happy place. I, anyway, we're back this week. With Thank you for joining us once again. And we've read your emails and we're going to answer some of the questions from last week as we move forward this week and and leave the beautiful city of Perth, Australia and the home of the Argyle Pink Diamond Mine where as a direct distributor for the mine, the extremely rare honor of being a uh, uh, authorized partner for the Argyle Pink Diamond Mine, which I was, there were other benefits that came with that. And one of them was invitations to the most prestigious diamond event in the diamond industry annually. And that is the Argyle Pink Diamond Tender, where Judy, they take the 40 to 50 most rare stones out of the mine that year and put them up for tender. And so I thought we would go with my very first year of attending a Pink Diamond Tender, 2002. Well, let's talk about what it was like, Colin. Well, you know, one of the things I, I want to talk about is the the, you know, as a global diamond broker, the industry has been so generous to me. And, you know, I always like to thank our friends and clients for over the years who have supported us by acquiring their diamonds and engagement rings and investment stones to us. We're very, very grateful for that because it's given me the opportunity to travel to some remarkable cities. Perth, Australia, if you've never seen it, is a remarkable remarkable city um, but this year we're in Antwerp Belgium which is as you know Judy I had an office for 15 years mm -hmm. and we're getting ready to go to Geneva Switzerland for the 2002 Argyle pink diamond tender and so we we get ready in the office and we're reviewing our notes and everything about the diamonds and all the information and now of course we have to go hop on a plane to fly out of Antwerp to uh to Geneva which is just a short hop if you're in Europe you know in uh uh Canada and in the United States things can be very very far away not much as far away in Europe. You know, you can drive mm -hmm. through most countries in, mm -hmm. in no time whatsoever. And so in this particular case, we're getting on a plane to Geneva. And I got to tell you a funny story. Stefan, who was my uh, close, close friend and partner at one time in the diamond business, his dad, Uncle Eddie Greisbert, Stefan Greisbert, was my mentor in the business, the former site dealer for De Beers. But it's Stefan and I that are heading to Geneva for this tender. And we get on the plane, and it's one of those small little planes that you see. You know, I can't remember the exact type it was. But we hop on the plane, and we go to take off. And as the plane's heading down the, the runway, we go to take off, and as the plane's heading down the runway, the pilot slams on the brakes and comes to a complete stop because we're flying out of a mountainous area just outside of Antwerp. 
and the runway was short. And so for the first time and the only time in my life with all the traveling I've done, he took the two big guys, myself and Stefan, moved us to the back of the plane. Get out. To, to <laughs> Like taxiing down the runway on the way to oh Geneva was was a, an experience. I get goosebumps as I sit here <laughs> thinking about it. And it was like it was normal. Yeah, the two big guys need to get back <laughs> so we can get the plane to lift off. Crazy stuff. Anyway, we're in the air. We land uneventfully in Geneva. Uh, Geneva is one of these European cities. The whole country of Switzerland is so pristine and so clean and so beautiful and so organized. Up until recently, it really was the center for wealth to be stored in the world. That's mm -hmm. Singapore now is really right. the big one. It's kind of the new Switzerland where we're going to take you on a visit as well for doing business in, in Asia. But we're in Geneva, Switzerland for the tender and we're at the Hotel de Bergay. One of the, at that point, was one of the three top-rated hotels in the world oh, wow. where they're holding the Argyle Pink Diamond Tender. Now, to go into how much security is involved in this, to, to, to say that there's sec no security like it in the world would be an understatement. Right. Just the format you go through to even get in to see these diamonds and the armed guards that are surrounding the place and... Um, it was really, really something to see anyway, uh, or experience, I guess, when you get that kind of security. Because we did not know, we arrived in Switzerland, we did not know where the hotel was going to be. We're told the last second. Mm -hmm. We did not know which room it would be or where it would right. be. And, and they text you this information when it's your turn to go to view these. So, so we go to view them. And the way a blind tender is, is where you go in and we view these incredible diamonds. We have the opportunity to take them in our hands and turn them over and look at them through the top and the bottom. And, mm -hmm. you know, these things are the most concentrated form of wealth on earth. Mm -hmm. So nothing smaller and more valuable. Mm -hmm. And then we leave and go away and uh, we make offers on the stone without knowing anything about what anybody else is going to offer. Hence blind. Blind. Yeah. So so that particular year, this is my first year at the tender in 2002, and it was exciting. And so Stefan and I went in there to, to really have a uh, close look at the stones, his experience, my experience, looking at these absolute wonders of nature. And... I can't remember how many hours. I think we spent four hours looking at each stone. Oh, wow. And so then we leave, and while it's fresh in our minds, we go out on the deck at Hotel de Bergay, uh, and we, um, we start reviewing our notes and getting ready to make offers mm -hmm. to submit. And it was interesting because, you know, there's these little nuances of each city that you remember. And, you know, we were out on the deck, and... Um, running through our notes and discussing each individual stone and there were beautiful violet stones and there was this incredible two carat argyle intense pink which was on the cover of the 2002 tender there's 
you know, the the violets and the blues that come out of Argyle, these super, super rare, rare colors. So we're sitting and calculating the values of each of these individual stones, and uh, we're being quite methodical about it. Now, picture this. We're sitting on the deck at Hotel de Berguet. There's, it's a beautiful sunny day. There's flowers all around us. The lake with the, I don't know if anybody's been to Geneva, but one of the sort of landmarks is that there's a spout of water that is continuous that comes out of the middle of the lake. And how they do it, I don't know, but it's it's like a, a, a geyser or a gusher of water. And we're sitting there in this incredible atmosphere. And all of a sudden, we're kind of surrounded by bumblebees or what appear to be bumblebees and turn out not to be bumblebees but the smallest hummingbirds we have ever seen and I felt guilt oh yeah for swatting at one the tiniest hummingbirds in fact I following the tender had the opportunity to work with a an amazing jeweler by the name of Peter Bruder, who's done jewelry for the Queen of England, and we designed and created a piece of jewelry uh, of one of these hummingbirds using fancy colored diamonds. We used pink diamonds. They were extraordinary to see, and and you know I don't know where else in the world they have hummingbirds the size of, you know it's fascinating to see. But we will post on the website the the uh, piece of jewelry that we created. And Peter Bruder has done jewelry for royalty, done jewelry for the Queen of England. And so he and I were friends. And so we decided we would do this piece. And it's a stunning piece of jewelry that is in the collection of uh, one of our our very good clients now so it was quite fun anyway so we're sitting there and we finish our list and we give our list in of our bids on these remarkable remarkable stones and now we have to go home and wait so literally we're back on the plane to Antwerp we got in the back seat to begin with this time to make sure there were no issues taking off and we're back in Antwerp Belgium and we get notified a couple of days later that we've been successful, or I guess I've been successful, and the two most sought-after diamonds in the collection that Argyle had at the tender that year, we were successful in acquiring. One of the stones cost us somewhere in the area of uh, $500,000 U.S. dollars, that stone today, 20 years later, is worth multis of millions of dollars. Uh, it's a stone in the collection of another of our clients. And uh, carrots? Two carrots, just over two carrots. Round, brilliant. Um, and uh, we were successful in a violet diamond as well that from the tender that year that again these things have gone up you can go online and look at the appreciation now again i want to stress that there's certain categories that appreciate it doesn't appreciate through all categories and all grades uh, and so yeah we were successful in the bids and so the stones are then boxed up and shipped to us they they they're gone and shown in other cities i believe they show three or four cities in the world every year the tenders are now over because the mine is closed so like rare art we're going to see the greatest 
increases in appreciation in these categories coming up. So, so that's what it's like at an Argyle Pink Diamond tender. And, uh, you know, I hope you can understand that how, how really rare the opportunity is and that it's gone forever. You know, I, I kind of... Uh, uh, do you hear that plane outside the windows, Judy? It's super loud. We are on the water in downtown Vancouver at the Marriott Hotel where there's a 270-degree view of everything east, west, and north. It's stunning. incredible. It's stunning. Mm-hmm. So so the one of the drawbacks is once in a while planes take off in front of us. And if you go to my personal Instagram, I think there's a post there of one of them, what I do on rainy days when mm-hmm. I'm not rollerblading. Anyway, so there we go. That's the, uh, that's the experience of the tender. And so now we've taken you to Perth, Australia. We've taken you to, and we'll be talking more about Antwerp, Belgium. We've taken you to Switzerland. We have a lot to come. We're going to be going to Asia. We're going to be going back to Europe and spend a lot of time in other countries there where we meet clients. I have stories to tell about, you know, getting on planes and having $10 million worth of diamonds in my pocket and flying to countries like Singapore and flying to countries like China and literally walking through customs with these things and and those experiences, which are absolutely amazing. Guys, some of these stories you wouldn't believe are real, but they're real. But they're real. (laughs) That's right. I've been, I think I mentioned before, I've been offered a couple of reality shows and I haven't done it. Certainly security is an issue, but Mm -hmm. these are real stories. So I guess in closing, I'll answer a couple of questions from some emails and phone calls I got last week Mm -hmm. uh, following the podcast. Mm -hmm. One of them was, what does a global diamond broker do? What does it mean? And so I thought long and hard about this. And I guess the first thing it means is, you know, when we go directly to the mine and directly to the cutters, direct to our clients, there's no middlemen. Right, so the overheads associated with um, retail and so-called wholesale, and you know, recently I sold a a great deal of diamonds, valuable rare diamonds, to the biggest so-called wholesaler who supplies the jewelry stores mm-hmm. in the country. So we're pre-wholesale, and I guess that's what a broker is. I mean, we're dealing directly with the mines, we're dealing directly with the cutters. There's no middlemen in the industry. And so, you know, acquisition costs are are far below. I mean, the markups in the jewelry industry are, are legendary, anyway, anywhere from 100% to, to 700%. I'm well aware of, of jewelers I've supplied over the years. So, so that's what a broker does, number one. Number two for us is I have this fundamental belief when it comes to people owning diamonds and whether it's a blue diamond or a green diamond or a red diamond or a brown diamond or a, or a white diamond is there's only one return on these things and, and that it's beauty. And so what we get when we deal direct with the cutters and the mines is, and, and by buying the rough and manufacturing our own, is the most beautiful and so we get to pick it from the source and you take you know my belief about white diamonds the the grading that we use for our white diamonds and you'll be hearing a lot about these rare rocks coming up is 
less than 1% of the diamonds in the world have the grading. Now, this doesn't mean that they're more expensive. Are they rarer? They certainly are, but they're white diamonds. And, you know, one of the things I sent out yesterday is the fact that, you know, they're coming down in value if they're out of the mine right now. And, you know, I, I one in four engagement rings last year in the United States was a lab-created diamond. And there's a lot of things going on in the industry. Mm-hmm. But beauty's beauty. And the paradigm I talk about with our clients is not about buying, it's about owning. And it's about owning forever. And, you know, it's you get a diamond on your finger and the questions you get afterwards aren't, gee, what clarity is, <laughs> right? Like you'll, if you have a beautiful diamond, the number one question is usually, what size is it? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we produce a product because we get to get the diamonds that are the most beautiful. And, you know, when I talk about beauty... It's a nebulous thing when you talk about it, but everybody knows it when they see it. You've seen those diamonds in the market where they just seem to jump, whether they're green or blue or red uh, or white. Uh, Certainly the engagement market is the biggest side of the industry by far, and the only return is beauty. And so we, we get access to these, and then we have prices that literally defy comparison. One of the things our, our clients don't know is we guarantee it for life. If it's not the most beautiful diamond you get it from us, just return it. Mm-hmm. We don't get returns. We get referrals. So so those are some of the things that we do that are beneficial to our clients. You know, we we when we create jewelry, the lost art of handmade jewelry, I mean, it's a dying art. If you read the articles we attach, you're going to see there was one recently. We talked about the fact that goldsmiths who can create handmade pieces are is a dying breed everything's moving to technology and Mm -hmm. i can assure you it's not the same so these are some of the benefits we bring our clients certainly price and quality you know i tell our clients all the time and i'll end with this you can take a ring from from us from the global diamond broker with our rare rocks in them and take it into any jewelry store in the world and it'll be at least as beautiful and well made so just a fraction of the cost. How's that, Judy? <laughs> that was great. Thanks so much for sharing, Colin. We cannot wait to take you listeners on some more journeys with us. And stay tuned. We have some great things coming. And if you have questions, please text or, or email. And we will get you answers. Okay. See you next time, everyone.